You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. I am the voice of the Overreaction Buffalo Post Game Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. This is the a recording of a podcast. We are live right now on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. If you are listening in podcast form and you've never once tuned in live on YouTube, I would encourage you to do so, do so because the community that is the comment section on YouTube is quite fun. It's quite lively. It's a, it's a great place to be. So imagine... I don't know, Twitter or one of the Facebook Bill's Mafia pages, um, but live uh, is kind of how that whole thing works. It's a, it's like I said, a lot of fun, but uh, we are recording a, a podcast. We are, uh, so do me a favor, whatever platform you're consuming this podcast on, please like and subscribe. And then uh, if you're looking, if you're, if you're with me live, do me a favor, uh, jump over to YouTube, super chat me if you want to get my attention. If you've got a question, I do respond to them because they glow on my screen uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, as we always say on this wonderful show, this post game show, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee at the gym with your AirPods in or on the drive to work, or maybe watching me live right now. Let me just say one more time. Welcome. It is very good to have you. It is victory Friday is what we're looking at victory Saturday, which is a little weird, but we get the opportunity to have Victory Friday two weeks in a row this week and then potentially next week. But before we go any further, let's uh, before we start the madness, I should say, I think that's what I said last week. At least that's what my notes tell me. Um, let's jump in and uh, hear from our show sponsor, uh, John Spaschek, and then I'll welcome everybody in the chat. So uh, sit tight just for about 30 seconds. Folks, it's the Market Dominator here coming to my Buffalo football family. I love you guys and I love our clients. I am also the proud sponsor of the Overreaction Podcast hosted by my good friend, Joe Miller. That's me. You know, his approach is excellence and that's the same as ours. Just as our team is out there competing in an excellent way, we wanna use the most cutting edge technology and artificial intelligence to help win and get every advantage we can to squash our competition for you, our clients. 
So please, if you're looking to buy or sell and you want to win, you call me directly. I will answer. 716-570-3298. Oh, go Bills. Go Bills. Ladies and gentlemen, that is John Spascheck. Do me a favor. If you are in the market to buy or sell a home, please give John a call. 716-570-3298. You will not be disappointed. Welcome to everybody in the chat. Let me see who's up in this place. So we got Richard Rush in the room. Mark Johnson, Jerry Ostrowski, former Buffalo Bill, is in the room. What's up, Jerry O? Uh, Peyton Plays, my guy Carmen, is in the room. Justin, good to see you. Spin, so good to see you. Uh, Rich F., thanks for joining the show. Tracy, the uh, she's always here. We uh, appreciate you, Tracy. And then uh, John Hammer, Drew Martin. Uh, is that everybody that I got so far? Matt Thompson, Mafia Talk is in the room. So it's good to have all of you guys. Again, if you want to get my attention, Please do me a favor and super chat me, but let's go ahead and get to it. And I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't like my notes. That's, that's, that's literally how I'm going to start the show is just by telling all of you that are listening, that are consuming this in some way, shape or fashion that I don't like my notes. And I don't know that this episode is going to be the typical length. It could be shorter (laughs) because I don't like my notes. (laughs) It almost, it, I almost, I almost, went the route of the the Buffalo Rumblings post game show with Thomas DeLoss and was like maybe I'll just take callers for this show and and let you guys talk it out for me because I'm torn be I'm torn somewhere with this team right now and this result. I'm torn somewhere between I get it, right? I I get it. We had we had a blizzard. Your you guys you lost a home game because of a blizzard. You didn't get to practice. Josh Allen didn't practice for two weeks and you had to fly to a different city and it was a pseudo home game and you, and you gutted that game out and and then you had to fly home, turn around on a short week, Thanksgiving. Again, you don't get to be with your families. You're probably wiped out. You're probably totally, I think the, the, the text message that Jerry sent to me was gassed. You know, these guys are totally gassed. They don't have anything left in the tank. I'm stuck between that and what the heck is going on with this football team? Like <laughs> that's literally where I'm at with this, with this game somewhere between I get it. And what is going on? People are texting me and, and DMing me and saying, you know, how's the show going to be tonight? Can you know this, you know, one person said, bring the heat. Another person said, good luck. And another person said, take it easy on them. And, I responded to all everybody that DM'd me or texted me. I was like, I don't know how I feel. Legitimately don't know how I feel. I feel like the Bills escaped this game. Is that fair? Is that fair to all of you? Is that fair to the former football players in the room? Is that fair to the former professional athletes? Is that fair to the 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 new Bills Mafia? Is that fair to the old Bills Mafia? Is that fair to everybody that the Bills the Bills escaped this football game, right? I mean, that's that's where we're at. They escaped. Right. And I think what's even more pointed is I don't feel like I know who this team is. And I know that there's a lot of injuries. I know that the defense is, is, is there's, there's the amount of injuries that are stacking up on this team. And we had hard stoppers, you know, from Vaughn Miller going out with a knee injury and then finding out after the game that he walked out without a, without crutches, without a cast, you know, and he was under his own power was great. Then there was the the moment where Stefan Diggs, when Tanner Gentry, you want to get me started? 
The Buffalo Bills, and I've said this since the final roster was made, put a huge gamble on this idea that we only need two boundary receivers, a special teams ace in Jake Kumaro, and then Isaiah Hodgins on the practice squad. That's Those are the only boundary receivers we need. And a whole bunch of Bills Mafia came at me. Oh, Khalil Shakir could be a boundary receiver. Jamison Crowder could be a boundary receiver. All these guys. We got all, Isaiah McKenzie could be a boundary receiver. Guess what? Khalil Shakir is not a boundary receiver. Isaiah McKenzie is not a boundary receiver. And Jamison Crowder is done for the season. And oh, by the way, Isaiah Hodgins is now gone. Jake Kumaro is on IR. And Tanner Gentry is now your bound, your third boundary receiver who just about got Stephon Diggs cut in half in this football game. Tanner Gentry. I know that Josh and Tanner played at Wyoming together. I know that they're friends. I know they're great friends. I know they vacationed together. I don't think Josh is amped up about having Tanner Gentry in the starting lineup. Or an act an active player on game day who completely whiffs on his block that was actually a really good read if he makes his block. He gets caught looking inside in the defender, his defensive back that his responsibility runs right by him and just about chops Stephon Diggs in half and all of Bill's Mafia is like, there, there wasn't a one of us that inhaled for probably about two minutes straight. Tanner Gentry. I don't feel like I know who this team is. I don't feel like they have an identity. I don't think they know. I think they're still trying to figure out who they are. If we take the injury part of it, that's that's very much going to put you in a situation for the defense to be like, we have so many injuries that we're not sure who we are right now. They played a lot of 4-3. A.J. Klein played a lot in this football game, and frankly, I was happy to see it, and it, you're not going to like the answer. It kind of worked. When you look at the numbers, the rushing numbers for the Lions, who are a very good rushing football team, Jamal Williams had 66 yards on 18 attempts, 3.7. DeAndre Swift had 19 yards. They had a very good game against the run, against a good running team. Playing a base 4-3 with A.J. Klein as the middle linebacker. Hmm. Why would you ever want to take Taron Johnson off the field? You don't ever want to. And Taron Johnson was on the field a lot. Got beat a lot, too. Committed some penalties. At the end of the day, I, I the injuries on defense are enough for me to feel like they're searching for who they're trying to be. Praying that somebody's going to step up like Ed Oliver did in this game. And offense is a totally different story. I They legit don't know who they want to be on offense. And at the end of the day, you're looking at this game, and you're like, well, the Bills won. Yep. They won. But did they? I mean, we're hoping that Von Miller's Von Miller, Von Miller sprained knee is, what, just a four-week, three, four-week injury, right? I mean, that's best case. That's what I'm hoping. Deion Dawkins tweaked his ankle. I'm going to talk about injuries here in a minute. It just, it just sucks to come on here and – have a have the bills win two weeks in a row or two actually not two games five days and five days apart two in a row five days apart win two games in a row and almost feel like they're not winning it's 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 as much as you don't want to listen to it i don't want to talk about it this you 
Hmm. I want to be careful because I'm not a Debbie Downer. I'm not a hater. I'm ever the optimist. And I'm the guy that finds, uh, you know, the best in everybody. Generally speaking, ask Jay Spence the King. It drives him crazy because he wants me to like light people up. And I'm like, well, that guy's actually a really nice guy. So I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy that's like kicking dirt on them, but they don't look like a Super Bowl team right now. Josh Allen doesn't look like the MVP right now. They've got holes all over the place. Guys that uh, I'll get it. It's in my, it's in my notes. I don't want to, I don't want to get way ahead. Good news is, as the game started out positively, positively for us, we won the toss two weeks in a row. We won the toss one and we won the game and we won two games in a row. I don't think that has really anything to do with it. I don't I don't care as much about the toss. Literally, it's nice to get the ball back at the end of the half or the, the beginning of the second half. But to me, the game isn't necessarily I don't believe in the whole that 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 back to back double dip thing is like I just I mean the Bills had the double dip opportunity today, kicked a field goal and then punted. <laughs> or did they or is that or is that the drive where they threw the interception? I don't remember, but regardless, it doesn't always work. So I don't know that I don't know how much I believe in the in the double dip. I mean, it's fun to double dip and it's fun to think about, man, we could go up 14 points right here. And then it doesn't happen. You're like, well, it doesn't really matter. The Buffalo Bills, seven and three coming into this football game, getting off the schneid after a two-game skid win versus the Browns in Detroit. Head back to Detroit. And the Bills needed this game. We talked about it yesterday on the Humpte Hotline three-man rush mashup. We all kind of decided that this game wasn't super-duper important for the Bills to win, but the Bills need to keep pace with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have a pretty butter schedule. We're not too worried about the Dolphins, and if you missed the show yesterday, Jay Spencer King made a very solid, awesome point when he said that he's not worried about the Dolphins because the Dolphins have four incredibly difficult games in front of them. Uh, obviously, us at home. They've got to play the Chargers. I can't remember who all the, the 49ers, I think. There's several, there's like four really difficult games that the Dolphins have. So the Dolphins' schedule is going to pretty much take care of itself. The Jets, we know where the Jets are. The Jets are in the toilet. And the Patriots are playing right now. The Patriots are always that annoying little nephew. They're The Patriots are always going, even if they have a trash quarterback, the Patriots are always going to be the annoying little nephew that if he gets the right opportunity is going to hide behind the couch perfectly and trip you and knock you over. Like he's just that annoying little punk kid. That's who the Patriots are. But at the end of the day, the, the team we got to keep up with is the chiefs, right? That's who we've got to keep up with. So in my opinion, the bills needed, I agreed they didn't need to win, but in my heart of hearts, I felt like they needed this win. This win was important. Short week of practice again, again, after Stomageddon. And you had to wonder how it was going to affect this team. How are they going to respond? And it's safe to say that the last 10 days for this football team very much affected the way they played in this game. And that goes back to what I said. I'm stuck between I get it and what the heck is going on. They were they were beat. They were beat to the ground. I forget the sideline reporter's name, but she said she she reported late in the fourth quarter the Bills had the football. I think they were driving at the end of the game, and she reported that to Tony Romo and to Jim Nance, yeah, the, the, the sideline is dead, flat. They're, they're in a position where they're they're driving down to either, I think, tie the game or, or, or take the lead or tie the game or whatever it was, and she's like, yeah, 
the sidelines flat. These guys are totally, they're just totally like out of it. And Stefan Diggs of all people is the guy running around trying to pump guys up. Stefan Diggs. There's a reason he's a captain. There's a reason he's a leader. And he took some, a, a measure of heat last week. What last week, five days ago against the Browns for needing to be needing to hug it out with McDermott. But I don't know that he was necessarily copying a bad attitude. I don't know what was going on, but. There's an, a measure of responsibility that Stefan Diggs has for this win, for keeping guys' heads in this game, being that mouthpiece on the sideline, keeping guys up. Would the sideline reporters like, yeah, that team's flat. This, this sideline is dead. That You're in trouble. So we know they were gassed. We know they were beat. Again, we know the injuries didn't help. Greg Rousseau didn't play in this game. Tremaine Edmonds didn't play in this game. <sighs> I hate the rope-a-dope that we get from the media and from the players. Mitch Morse didn't play in this game. We were told that Mitch Morse would play. That's the toughest SOB I've ever met, and there's no way he's not going to play. Ryan Bates, when he said that, had been practicing the last two days at center, so he knew full well that, he was, that Mitch was not playing. Now, Ryan Bates, I thought, played okay better than van roten did and i tweeted that there's no way they could put van roten in center again right thank god they did not i would make a case right now the reason the buffalo bills are eight and three and not nine and two against the dolphins is because somebody told them that van roten could play center instead of putting ryan bates at center and van roten at guard where i believe he plays I thought Ryan Bates did amicably or amicably admirable admire my brain is not working. He did well. We'll just say he did well. No more big words for Joe tonight. I got a belly full of turkey. I got some alcohol in me. No more big words. Tredavious White was active in this football game. So Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving. Interesting little storyline for him. Probably something that will only matter to him later in life. You know, in his presence made a difference when he was on the field. Now, I don't have a snap count. I don't know how many snaps he took. I don't know how often he was on the field. But when Trey was on the field, Goff threw away from him, which is incredible <laughs> to think about. When Tredavious White was on the field, the, the Lions avoided his side of the field completely. Oh, that's 27. Don't throw the ball his way. It kind of makes you makes your the hair in the back of your neck stand up a little bit, just being excited that this kid's going to be back in the game. Because Dane Jackson ain't him. <laughs> At least he wasn't in this football game. Christian Benford didn't exactly have a great game. I'm excited to see Trey play. I'm excited to get Trey back on a full-time level. I know that there's a lot of people out there talking about turf. Well, they want to get him on a real grass field. I got bad news for you. Detroit, the Browns in Detroit, even if they had played in Buffalo, both turf fields. Detroit in Detroit, turf field. New England in New England, turf field. Jets in Buffalo, turf field. Miami in Buffalo, turf field. If you're waiting, if you're waiting to get him on a grass field, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but you might be waiting until we play the Chiefs in the playoffs. 
So I don't think that's what they're, they've been waiting for. There's something else going on there. I don't know what it is, but I'm excited to get him back. Back or continuing with the injury front, Josh Allen still playing with a brace on his arm. He he said he admitted it in his uh, in his presser, I think, on Tuesday this week, uh, Monday this week, that he's been wearing a brace. He didn't say that he's been wearing a brace, but he said brace, no brace, not sure yet, hoping no brace, I think is what he had said, which confirmed what I've been saying. And then I took a picture last five days ago, last game to show everybody that under his white sleeve, he is wearing, he is indeed wearing a brace on his right arm. Now, his his throws in this game were much better. But you throw the brace on for two weeks, you probably get a little bit used to it, right? And the, re- the reality is, is this team is just decimated by injuries. Like it's, I think at one point I tweeted out, it's a war of attrition. It might actually be in my notes. Vaughn Miller, Deion Dawkins, Stephon Diggs got hurt. Like guys were coming up gimpy. And it wasn't just the Bills. The Lions were falling left and right, too. It was crazy. Amon St. Brown went out at one point in time. Like, I think another one of their wide receivers or two of their other wide receivers went out at one point in time. A couple of defensive players went out. I think they lost another offensive guy after coming in with, like, down two offensive players. Their center was injured. Like, it's it was just a war of attrition, like. It's just, not a great, it's just not a great season for injuries for some teams, the Bills and the Lions being two of them. But this is also why it's a marathon and not a sprint, right? That's why the NFL season is about – It is a war, the NFL season is a war of attrition. It's who can last the longest and stay healthy and continue to execute. And when you talk about execution, there was – I get it, right? For those of you that have joined late, I'm stuck between I get it. I understand what we're watching. I get it. I'm stuck between I get it and what the heck is going on. Because you've got the I get it part that is you're tired, family stuff going on and snow and injuries. And then the what the heck is going on is the execution part. This team had chances to win this game opportunities to put this game away and they just didn't do it but Joe they won I know they won I know they won I'm not I'm not and that's the hard part about this like I said I want to have a conversation about I want to be excited woo got our first super chat of the show Peyton thank you so much for being a part of the show brother you know I appreciate you and you know I love you in two weeks, the Bills endured a national disaster, a fluky illness. Oh, I forgot. I didn't even talk about the illness part, the weird illness that took five or six players out of practice, that took several key players out of practice, more injuries to key players, and came out 2-0. and I don't believe the 2021 Bills do that. Happy Thanksgiving. That is a solid tweet. And that's literally – so So Peyton is in the I get it camp. I get it. Like, you guys came out 2-0. and Fantastic. Rock and roll. I can, I can live in that space. I want to live in that space. But every time I live in that space, like what creeps around the corner is what the heck is going on though? And then I live in that space for a while. And then what creeps around that corner is, okay, I get it. <laughs> and then it's just around and around we go. Jessica Tennis says, I'm a spoiled Bills fan. I don't think I am. I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't sit during Bills games, like confident that we're going to win every game. I don't sit there like, we got this. <laughs> like it's, I told you guys last week, 
in the halfway through the second quarter of last week's game, I, I was like, well, the season's over. Like, I don't know what's going on, but this season's over. This team is not good. You guys are all blowing me up. Rick Weeb says, eight and three, bro. I know. I said I get it. I said I get it. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. I think I'm doing a pretty good job of explaining my my my, my position. I think I'm doing a pretty good job. It, I, it would be unfair for me to be ever the optimist. At some point in time, and I'm I I my check with me is always Joe Marino. And generally speaking, when I am uh on the saucy side or, or the snarky side or the salty side of a W, Joe Marino's generally right there with me. So if I'm a betting man, when I pop on Joe Marino tomorrow morning, uh, Friday morning, he's going to be in the same boat I'm in. But anyways, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk about the game a little bit. So every year, every year, it seems like we get a McKenzie game. And this year was the McKenzie game, right? And I think the big overlying problem is there's been a lot of conversation and talk about Isaiah McKenzie is the fact that it's we get this. We get one game. It, this is the game. Hey, we got the game. And Isaiah McKenzie played a good game. He had a he had a touchdown. He was wide open. And Josh, Josh continually, when guys were open, was able to find the open receiver. But that speaks to the other part of that. What's going on? There's also a lot of guys that are not getting open. McKenzie got open in this game, and, he, and the ball found him. Josh found him a lot. This was, again, like that McKenzie game. The problem with the situation is it's never really more than one game with Isaiah McKenzie. It's always a game. And this was the game. And now we're probably not going to hear from Isaiah McKenzie for a couple weeks, four weeks, five weeks. Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver had an amazing football game. Ed Oliver made his presence known from, from, from the first snap to the last snap that he was on the field. Uh, the, the, the fumble recovery, the safety, the, the, the sack with the safety in the end zone. I think uh, uh, Tony Romo actually called him his MVP of the game. Ed Oliver had a huge, huge football game. Like, he was incredible in this game, as was Isaiah McKenzie. Devin Singletary, I thought, played a great game two weeks in a row. So Devin Singletary is beginning to stack performances, right, which is great. Devin Singletary, I think he had 77 yards. We'll get into stats here in a minute. Um, but he looked a lot like he looked last week. Uh, had open holes to run through, very decisive, was making guys miss. His contact balance was great. James Cook, on the other hand, fell back a little bit, right? So Cook went back to looking a little bit like he had the first couple weeks of the season, but they used him a little bit different. He had the one good run that I remember um, to his left, but for all intents and purposes, Devin Singletary had a great game. I think what's weird about it is the Lions defense didn't seem surprised by anything the Bills were doing. I don't know if that makes sense to everybody. So whether it was a run play or a screen or a drag route or whatever, or if they were sneaking somebody out, there was always a linebacker right there. It was almost like they were in the in the huddle with us. It was strange to me how prepared the Lions were for what the Bills were going to do against them. And let's be honest for a second about the Lions. As much as I'm talking about a, a win in some relative negative sense, this isn't our grandma's Detroit Lions. This is a very talented and very well-coached Lions team. 
They came in on a three-game winning streak. They just beat the Giants, who are a good football team. They're a team that's surging. I actually, I think I've said, and a lot of us, a lot of people have agreed as well. This was the team that at the beginning of the year I was kind of rooting for coming off of hard knocks. It's hard not to like the personalities in that room from the coaching staff down to the players. And they've got some really talented guys, really talented guys. You almost wonder if their only limiting factor is their quarterback, Jared Goff, and Jared played well. Guys were open. And even when they weren't open, Jared still found them. Goff had a good, good football game. But they also played a game four days ago. So it's not like the Bills were the only team at a disadvantage like the Patriots are going to be next week against the Bills. The Bills have Sunday off. Oh, no, I guess the Patriots have a full week, too. They're on TV right now. What am I thinking? Use your brain, Joe. But this is not, like I said, our grandma's Detroit Lions. You know, this was... I. They look, they look like a good football team. They look like a team on the rise. Well coached. They had two-headed monster last week against the Browns the Bills played. And while it's not the same level of a two-headed monster this week, they, you know, Williams and, and Swift aren't exactly slouches in the NFL. They're one of the better running teams the Bills are going to face. The Bills bottled them up, largely bottled them up in this game, which was the focus, surely. And that's that's what the story, that's what the narrative, the, the storyline is going to be coming off of this. We did not want to get beaten by Williams and Swift, and we didn't. And we won the game. I can get behind that. I can get, that's the I get it part. I, I get it. I get it. But as I said last week on the show, Last week, five days ago, as I said, five days ago on Sunday on the show, I keep doing that. It's weird. It's weird to watch a football team that you have seen be so good on offense and just struggle. It's weird because you know what they're capable of and they know what they're capable of. The play of the game for the Lions, I'm going to give you what I feel is the play of the game for the Lions. That tip pass in the red zone for the interception for the Lions, and I forget who picked it off on Josh Allen, that kept the Bills from going up ten or going up by 10 points by two possessions, was the play of the game for the Lions. That kept them in the game. 100% kept them in the game. But <laughs> Jim Nance ruined it. And this, is, this has got to be one of the greatest television moments ever in sports. Don't tell me about the announcer's jinx, says Jim Nance. <laughs> And then their kicker misses. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. Un freaking believable. Like you you can't even make stuff like that up. What 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 if in this what if in the movie we had the announcer actually say, "Don't tell me about the announcer's jinx." When I when I say that he's not missed from inside of twenty nine yards, and then he misses a field goal. <laughs> it was incredible. At the end of the day, all that matters is that we're eight and three. All that matters, Bills Mafia, is that we are eight and three. I have a story of the game. I'm not overly sure that you guys are ready to hear it <laughs> because some of you are going to get angry at me. 
I'm trying to figure out how I want to pivot. And some of you are going to agree with me so much that you're going to put me in the bandwagon of things that you believe that I didn't say, if that makes sense. But I'm going to say this. So I'm going to pivot away from that a little bit. There's a couple sequences in this game that even when a team is well-coached, the Lions are a very well-coached team. They're learning how to win. They've got, they've got good coaches. They've got good talent. They've got good players. But even no matter how good your players are, no matter how prepared they are, no matter what they do, there's, there's times when the coaches outcoach themselves. There's times when no matter how good your team is, it comes down to coaching, right? The Lions, it, it, the end of the half is running out, sec, the first half. The end of the first half is running out. And even the announcers were talking about it. They don't. They, they come out of an injury timeout. They don't run the clock down to the two-minute warding. They, they snap the ball. Now, you can give them credit to what Tony Romo said, which was maybe they didn't know. Maybe they missed that part. After the Von Miller injury. But then they don't run the clock down again after their first down. And then they throw an incomplete pass. And then there's a sack all before the two-minute warning. And then it, it ends up being third down. All of that could have probably drawn them down to a minute inside of a minute left in the first half. They score with a minute 52 left in the half. They leave the Buffalo Bills a minute 52. It could have been easily probably less than 30 seconds in the game. Now, what can the Bills do with 30 seconds? We don't know. We we saw what they did at the end of the game. Probability and probably tells you if you're a gambling person that that's not likely, that's not super common. But at the end of the day, you want to give Josh Allen 30 seconds or 23 seconds or 15. You don't want to give him a minute 52. You give the Buffalo Bills a minute 52, they drive right down the field and they kick a field goal. Leave two seconds left on the clock. Half over. That's a coaching error. They got good players. They got good coaches, but those that's the coaches not really doing a very good job of thinking through what was happening in the game at that moment. And amazingly, the Buffalo Bills did the exact same thing at the end of the second half. They're driving down the field to take the lead. The clock is inside five minutes, and they're snapping the football with 25 seconds left on the play clock. They easily could have drawn the, the, the game clock down to just about nothing. Nance and Romo didn't talk about that one, but the Bills coaches did the exact same thing to them. It was wild. There's 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 weirdness inside of what's going on with this Buffalo Bills offense specifically. Now, the defense, we're going to give a pass because we get it. Injuries. It's not great. But at times, there's a severe lack of creativity, and there's like no real surprise in this offense or the offensive play calling. It's borderline bland. Like maybe it's Brian Dable's offense, but it's like the back page, right? It's like, hey, we got we got. We got Brian Dable's offense here. We got all this stuff. What's on the back page that he never called before? Like that, that's what it feels like is happening sometimes. Does that make sense? 
like they've got talent. They've just, it's, there's just a, there's a, I don't know, a synergy missing. There's just, it's just weird. And, and so sometimes you can have great talent on the field and it, and, so, it, and there's an ac- aspect of like, well, they didn't execute. And I get that too, right? The players didn't execute. The players are always going to take onus of that part. Well, if we had executed the play that was called, we would have been fine. And some of that is true. But injured or not, I mean, or Allen's injury or not, this offense just seems to be trying to find its way again, I think is the best way that I can put it. And it's a little just weird because we are so used to seeing them. Uh, maybe I am a spoiled Bills fan. We're so, so used to seeing them be great. The old line struggled in the game, the offensive line. It was it was just it was just an interesting football game. At the end of the day, like I said, eight and three all, all is all that matters. And the good news is, is when the Bills' offense needs it, when they need it the most, they can always find it. When it's inside of two minutes, when it when it's inside of a minute, when it's inside of twenty three seconds, this offense can execute and do what it needs to do. The question is, is what are they calling? What is the difference between the plays they're calling? at nine minutes versus the plays that they're calling at two minutes. And I know urgency is a piece of that. But it's funny because like you, you sit on the couch and you're concerned and you're a little bit nervous and are they going to pull this out? And then as soon as you get into a two minute, every one of us, there isn't a single one of us listening to me right now that when the bills got the ball back with a minute 52, you had zero doubts. They were going to go right down the field. Oh, they got, they're, they're going to score t- touchdown or field goal. We know that, like, that's what they do. That's what this team is capable of. It's just, it's just an interesting take. It's just an interesting observation for me, right? Interesting observation for me. So that's all I got on that. So no story of the game for this, for this episode. That's just uh, what I'm going to leave you with. A brand new 2023 trail pass from Western New York Beer Trail is now available. The 2023 pass is bigger and better than ever. And there's no better time to get ready for the next year than right here, right now. The new pass features 53 area breweries, cideries, meaderies, and beer bars all over Western New York. While almost every stop still offers the two half-priced beers with your pass, there are uh, still there are several other offers, rather, Available from select locations such as discounts on flights, food, and merchandise. You can save over $400 with all the offers in this book. Like a Tyler Bass field goal. Game-winning field goal. You just can't miss. The 2023 Trail Pass and other Beer Trail items are available at our website, www.wnybeertrail.com. Just just click on the Shop tab. And now through, hopefully, longer than November 15th, use the code THEVOICE15 to save on your entire order. This is the perfect way to start your holiday shopping early and even get yourself a little something. We at Western New York Beer Trail are proud to support everything local, craft beer, small business, local charities, watch for meetups and fundraising events along the way. Western New York Beer Trail, drink local, support local. We will see you on the trail. Do me a favor, jump over to westernnewyorkbeertrail.com and get yourself a beer uh, trail pass. Uh, Bill stats. They weren't bad. They were good stats. just a weird game like i said i get it i'm stuck between i get it and what the heck is going on and you i don't fault me for that josh Allen was 24 42 barely above 50 percent 253 two touchdowns with interception and a lot of the balls that he threw were into coverage right i mean those guys the guys were not getting open 
Rushing, Josh Allen was 10 of 78, uh, 7.1 or 7.8 yards per carry per rush, rather, with a touchdown. It was nice to see him get back in the end zone. I think that 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 rushing touchdown that he had is going to pay dividends in the games to come because defenses are, defenses are now going to have to they're going to have to scheme for him running the ball inside the red zone again. Singletary's we talked about. I was wrong. He had 72 yards, not 77. Still a good day. 5.1 average from uh, Devin. Isaiah McKenzie was two for seven. James Cook, two for four. Receiving Isaiah McKenzie. Had himself a day. Six for 96. Had himself a day today with a touchdown. You go. You go, little Ike. Stephon Diggs hung in there. Eight for 77 with a huge catch inside of 23 seconds. It, it was awesome. Amazingly impressive to see the Bills do what they did inside of 23 seconds. Gabe Davis was four for 38. Dawson Knox, two of 17. James Cook, two of 14. Singletary, one of eight. Quentin Morris, one of three. Defensively for the Bills, Dequan Jones had a sack. Ed Oliver had a sack and a fumble recovery. And it looks like that was about it on the sack front. The Lions, Jared Goff was 23 of 37 for 240 with two touchdowns. Hang on a second. Let me jump over to a different screen. I apologize, everybody, because I can't see anything. Uh, Jamal Williams was 18 uh, carries for 66 yards with a touchdown, 3.7. DeAndre Swift was 5 and 19, 3.8. You like those numbers, right? Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown had himself a day, 9 for 122. The Bills just couldn't find him and couldn't stop him. Uh, Khalif Raymond, 4 for 35. DeAndre Swift, 4 for 24. Basically bottled them up pretty much through the whole game. The, the entire team stats as far as offensively and defensively for the game, the Bills had 401 total yards. The Lions had 326. It was a great game. It was a well-fought game. I'm just left wanting. Passing yards, Bills 237 to 230 for the Lions. Rushing yards, 164 for the Bills. It's funny because we call this we, – we've – we not accuse. We we talk about the Bills as though they're not a good rushing team. We talk about it all the time, but they've outrushed their opponents. I think in the last three games, one sixty four to ninety six this week. Yards per play four uh, five point four versus four point nine. First down, the Bills had twenty eight. The Lions had twenty two. Third down efficiency, the Bills seven of twelve, which is getting back to about where they should be. Right, a little bit better than that. Eight of twelve, nine of twelve is where they want to be. Six of fifteen for the Lions, not great. Fourth down efficiency. The Lions were three for three. Woof. Just And one of them was like for two inches. <laughs> At the end of the day, the Bills got to be better uh, defensively on fourth down. The Bills offense did not go for it on fourth down once. Total play 74 to 67. Pretty even. Bills leading there. Sacks allowed three versus two. Punts four versus two. Penalties five for 36. And the Lions three for 32. Fumbles lost. The Lions had two fumbles lost, so I missed a fumble in my conversation. What fumble did I miss? It'll come back to me. Give me a minute. Uh, so turn, turnover differential, differential uh, the Lions were two, the Bills were one off the Josh Allen interception. Time of possession was pretty much down the middle, 31 minutes, 31-26 for the Bills, 28-34 for the Lions. Overall, a pretty good game. Pretty good football game, pretty evenly matched when you kind of put it together that way. Uh, it was it was fun, right? This was a fun football game. A lot of, lot of, what's the word? Not heart attack, but there was a great deal of like, <laughs> I don't want to call them the cardiac kids, but there was an aspect that like, good Lord, what is happening? Like, are we going to win this game or not? So they, uh, they kept us on the edge of our seats, right? This whole entire football game. Do me a favor. 
jump on that like button. So if you're watching me live right now on YouTube, please like. Uh, and if you have not subscribed yet to the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, uh, please subscribe and hit the little bell so you get notifications so you don't miss anything either. Let's get to the Dude Awards, and then I'm going to read the Mafia's tweets. First Dude Awards. So just for everybody that might be tuned in and new here, Dude Awards for me are like arrow up, arrow down, or gold star, and I don't know, no, not gold star, or however people want to moniker these guys did good. These guys did not do good. For me, it's the dude awards and the good dude awards are, dude, good job. You were the man. Like, way to go, dude. And then bad dude awards are, dude, dude, bro, bro, dude, this ain't working. So I think you got the concept. First dude award we've talked a lot about already, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver had himself a game, uh, again, with the 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 fumble recovery and then the safety uh, in the end zone on the sack of uh, Jared Goff. What a good game. He just, his presence was felt the whole game. I thought Matt Milano got my second due to order. I could have put Isaiah McKenzie here, probably should have. There's just something, I, Matt Milano missed one tackle, and had he made that tackle, it would have made a difference in the game. But for all intents and purposes, this kid is just, He's lightning in a bottle on the football field. Matt Milano played well again, I thought, in my mind. I probably could have honorable mentioned Isaiah McKenzie here. And the last one for me, I'm going to give the last dude award to Stefan Diggs for keeping his head in the game, keeping his attitude right, and, and basically keeping Josh and the rest of the players in the game. Stefan Diggs showed up like a captain in this football game when he very easily could have just been like, this wasn't our game, and everybody else is down, so I'm going to be down too. And I'm just going to let whatever they're dealing with affect me. He didn't. He 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 imposed his personality. He imposed his will on the rest of the team, and it worked. He kept that team up. So Stefan Diggs is going to get my third dude award. Uh, the down dude awards, dude, dude, dude. The first one's going to go to the offensive line. Again, I get it. Mitch Morse did not play. Deion Dawkins went out with an ankle. Uh, there was some shift, like shifting, but even before Deion Dawkins went out with an ankle, that offensive line was not playing well. Don't fool yourself. Don't give yourself the pass of, yeah, but Deion Dawkins was out, and so was Mitch Morse. They were not playing well. Jerry O is still in the comments section. Ask him. He will tell you. That offensive line was not playing well at all. St Spencer Brown had one of the worst games he's played in a while in a Bills uniform. Second down due to award for me is Ken Dorsey. He's just, he's going to have to be better about flow and aware, situational awareness in the game. And he's going to have to find plays that this team can run that defenses aren't expecting because they're, the Lions defense was in, it was in his back pocket this whole game. There was a moment in the game where I was like, are they listening to our radio calls? Like what is happening right now? Did we leave the, a playbook behind on the desk that they got when we left the stadium last week and they somehow memorized it and know what's happening every single time we run a play? Because it was interesting, to say the least. And then uh, my last down dude award goes to Dane Jackson. Dane just didn't. I love Dane Jackson. Um, I don't agree with Tony Romo, who said that he's going to be a superstar in this league. Um, I like Dane. Dane's a nice player. Um, I've been a Dane Jackson fan since right since he got to buffalo he's one of one of the surest tacklers along with matt milano and tremaine edmonds on a defense that's not very good at tackling and we'll just you know people have been saying it for a long time and i'm probably there i'm probably officially there that this is not the best tackling defense in the nfl but dane is generally a sure tackler he's generally a pretty good cover corner and he 
didn't have the best game. And he was the benefactor negatively a couple times of Tredavious White being on the field. And they were like, we're going to throw at that guy instead. And uh, unfortunately, Dane, he just had some challenges, right? It just, it just, it just was what it was. So, uh, yeah, but uh, those are my dude awards. Uh, whether you guys agree or not agree, uh, I hope you agree with me. I hope you understand where I'm coming from on those, but uh, it's always fun to do the dude awards. Yeah, uh, this is a fun question. Mafia Talk ABFP uh, asks me, how do you feel about these halftime shows? Well, it's funny you should ask. Um, and I'll leave, I'll leave you guys with this one. I'm a, I'm a professional musician and have been for about the last 25 years. So what does that mean? What, it, what does it mean to be a professional musician? Well, I'm a former recording artist. Yes, that means I signed a recording contract in my younger years, and I did a bunch of touring. And I have, for 25 years, made money playing music. And at times, quite a bit of it, um, where it was my only job effectively playing playing music or one of the primary things that it was playing music i still to this day earn money when i play music so i feel like i have the right to have an opinion as it pertains to this now i'm a vocalist i'm a singer the the track that you hear when this show starts on youtube and the track that you hear when this show ends on every platform is my old band and it's me singing i sing that's what i do and i play guitar There's times when halftime shows get very disconnected from me because it's very much a, I don't understand what I'm watching because of whatever it is that they're trying to present. And then on top of that, the person is lip syncing, which there's no need in 2022 to lip sync unless you can't sing. And this not only goes for halftime shows in the NFL, but it goes for concerts on Fridays on the Today Show. If you're if you're performing perf- quotes air quotes performing live and lip syncing the amount of respect that I don't have for you is overwhelming. So, let's take the first halftime show the Lions game. I don't necessarily know who she was. I know a bunch of her songs because I've got two teenage girls and they were pop songs, right? She was lip syncing. Part of the show was interesting to me, the production value of it. However, nobody in the crowd could see it because it was up in a weird corner of the stadium. You go to the second game, the Giants and the and the Cowboys, and the Jonas Brothers play. Now, I'm not a huge Jonas Brothers fan, but they performed live. Those dudes were singing all of their notes, hitting all of their falsettos. They were playing live they were singing and performing live so for me that question how do i feel about halftime shows i can appreciate a performance of just about anybody whether i like them or not if they're actually performing and doing what i do live is that a is that a solid answer right so and i remember it was it was it was lip sync year after lip sync year after like year after year after year after year. It was lip syncing until Aerosmith, right? Aerosmith came out and I think Britney Spears was on the stage and Justin Timberlake and they sang, they sang live at the halftime show, whatever year that was. It was awesome. And then after that, a whole bunch of people started singing live. And then some people didn't. <laughs> and at the end of the day, the greatest halftime show ever 
and people are going to debate this and they always do. And I can get down with a couple of the other thoughts, one of them being Michael Jackson, but the one for me is Prince. I don't know how in the world you could ever vote against Prince singing Purple Rain live, playing the guitar live in front of all those people on national television in the pouring rain. It was poetic. It was amazing. So I'm all for halftime shows. I want to be entertained. I love production and I love music, but I want it to be real. Does that make sense? So that's where I'm at on that. So that was a long answer to an interesting question. Oh, oh, finally got our last super chat. I got another super chat in here from Jessica Tennis. Jessica, thank you so much. Uh, that halftime show was seizure inducing. It was. All the strobing was not great. Ray Collins says, Millie Vanilli fooled a lot of people back in the day. Uh, uh, fact, I love Millie Vanilli. <laughs> Millie Vanilli, the two dudes that faked Millie Vanilli aren't exactly my favorite, but I love like the songs that Millie Vanilli put out. I mean, that was when I was a teenager, but I love Millie Vanilli. McKenna, my daughter loves Millie Vanilli, which is even funnier that I've totally ruined her on music. She loves all kinds of music. She's a, a big music buff as well. Um, but uh, yeah, she's a, she's a Millie Vanilli fan. So Drew Martin says uh, the Jonas brothers weren't playing the, those guitars at the end of the day, the guitar parts don't mean anything to me. So it's, a, it's all about the vocals. The vocals are, wildly different the vocals are as a singer completely different uh ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for tuning in to the overreaction buffalo post game show brought to you by the market dominator uh on the buffalo rumblings vidcast network presented by picasso's pizza my name is joe miller i'm the voice of this here show appreciate you guys love you guys listen this is what's up i have a new series of podcasts that are dropping on the overreaction buffalo sports network so if you go to your favorite podcast platform and you type in overreaction buffalo it's going to pop up it's going to pop up with my logo which actually looks like this that little logo that's over there on the top right uh if you subscribe to that three days a week monday wednesday friday you're going to get three shows for me they're shorter they're only about 20 25 minutes long mafia monday uh wake up wednesday rapid fire friday uh three different segmented shows they got three different topics uh money uh, mafia monday is a, a lot of what we do here wake up wednesday is some some gambling stuff and me picking the, the games for the week and some bills news rapid fire friday is me interviewing people uh first week i interviewed joe marino i fired 10 questions questions at him and then uh last week i interviewed uh Reed Ferguson. And then this week I took off because of Thanksgiving, but do me a favor, jump over there and find some more content for me. Uh, I hope you, I think you'll enjoy it, but uh, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Uh, here's to seven days off. So enjoy the weekend. It's Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Love you guys. Thank you so much for hanging with me. We'll talk to you. Talk to you later. Go Bills.